Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people. I'm Nina Turner and I am unbought and unbossed. Listen to Unbossed on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com You don't fuck with the icon that is Kiki. You just don't certainly not on day one at least plus the legends get to sit back and watch sarah the villain is already delivering uk and australia get caught off guard west somehow hits a new level of bravado while also maybe being in charge of the music this season scouting reports are compiled i was maybe wrong about grant and the show loses a potential mvp to a medical poll on day one why the fuck does this have to happen it's the Challenge World Championships Episode 1 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow Challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge Past, Present, or Future. If it's happening in the Challenge Universe then I am here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian who doesn't even remember his own intro, even though this is like the 160th time I've said it. Jacob Hollibaugh, thanks for being here with me today to dive into the World Championships. It's here. The culmination event six seasons in a row have led up to this moment. The Challenge World Championships has premiered on Paramount+. Plus. We've watched it and... We now see that we had forgotten there's also a second episode to watch. Two episodes are out. We've only watched one. We're only potting about one. That's what we are here to talk about today, which leads us immediately into the programming notes. There is an episode two out and available. They start with two. I love them for that. I desperately wanted to just click play next episode and roll right on into it, but no. I'm a good podcaster. I knew I had a duty to fulfill. I had to stop. I had to recap. I had to discuss. I had to put my thoughts together. So that's what we're here to do. Today is just episode one. Tomorrow, episode two's recap will be out sometime tomorrow morning. So we'll give a brief little window to get caught up with episode one. Hopefully, you're now in the moment, listening to this podcast as I speak, and then we'll roll into episode two. If you've already watched both episodes, you couldn't help yourself, and now you're diving into the recaps, welcome. Thank you. Love to see you. Love to have you. These episodes, hopefully episode two was just as good as episode one. They both deserve recaps in my book. That's what we're going to do. Other quick programming reminders, then the rest of this season, I believe, is just one episode a week. We will have the recaps out about midday every Wednesday here on out the rest of the season. And then on Saturdays, we've got Survivor Saturdays back with my good friend Paige over at Most Likely 2. So, 
Great premiere last week from Survivor. Looking forward to episode two tonight on Survivor. If you are watching Survivor and a fan, definitely check out those recaps with Paige over on Most Likely 2. As for the agenda today, pretty typical, uh, you know, kind of standard recap fare. We got storylines. We got awards. We got predictions. Couple notes on this. We are, you know, I was really influenced. I really liked doing the Challenge UK and like really quick kind of bite-sized podcast episodes. Tried to be as quick as I could have been with that, which made me realize maybe I could be a little bit quicker in general with some of these recaps. So, well, today it's episode one. There's a ton to talk about. I doubt we're going to meet this standard today, but my goal, I say to you, my goal for this season of covering the world championships is to work my way down to be a little more concise and to get these recap episodes down to... Somewhere between 25 and 35 minutes long. You know, 30 average would be a real goal. Obviously, in the past, if you've been a longtime listener, you know, uh, I don't come anywhere near that. But again, you know, doing the UK ones in 15 to 20 minutes just really was like, you know, we can't. If, if you push yourself, you can do any, just like these challengers. If you really push yourself, you can you can set a big goal. You can reach it. So uh, probably won't be reached today, but that is the goal. Feel free to try to hold me to that. If you see three, four episodes from now, you're like, bro, you're still pretty damn long-winded. These are still as long as the episodes themselves. You let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian and hold me accountable. So going to try to be a little quicker, but today, episode one, so much to get to. We're going to dive into it all. We got storylines. We got awards. We got predictions. The other thing with that, I will say the same spoiler warning at the very end of this when we get to those predictions. But if you stuck around for the trailer for, you know, the rest of the season at the end of episode one, you could pretty much surmise all of the teams. You could figure out how this draft is going to go to open episode two. So if there's anyone out there who's like, I want to watch the draft in full, all of its glory. I don't want to know who is on whose team. Then I will say this again to prompt you, but when we get to the predictions at the very end of the podcast, you may want to just keep it moving and come back because I am going to lay out what I believe the teams are so that I can actually make accurate predictions as far as like picking actual teams to make it and win together and kind of shake up the predictions I had made going into the season. So that's what we got coming up. Let's dive in. World Championships, episode one. Here we go. Going into the storylines from this episode. Episode one is the hardest one to kind of pick storylines. There's a couple obvious things to talk about, like, hey, we kind of know the format. That's fun. Hey, who's making friends with who? What are the earliest signs of alliances? Who's getting screen time? Who's not? Those kinds of things. We will hit all of those. But unfortunately... There is one and only storyline that matters in this first episode to me. If you watched the Challenge UK, and if you hopefully listened to my Challenge UK recaps, um, you know where this is going. I'm devastated. I am fucking devastated. How can this happen? How can we be robbed of Nathan so quickly? Nathan is removed, you know, halfway through the episode, a third of the way through the episode. We've gotten a little bit of Nathan in our lives. I'm already like, oh my God, this guy showed up to play. Let's go. This is amazing. This is everything I thought it was going to be. I called him on the Challenge UK where I named him by far the MVP of that season. I thought he was the best new cast member since blank. I didn't even fill in the blank because I wasn't sure. I didn't want to take the time to go back as far as I would have to go back. Nathan is an absolute blessing to this franchise, to this show, and just to the world. I fucking love that guy. 
and he's medically removed like immediately. And it is a massive, massive loss for the show. Massive. I can't stress enough. Like this sucks for the show itself and for the viability of the season to be like epic and amazing. We need as many amazing characters as possible. And I say amazing, which is the highest bar. And Nathan certainly met that on challenge UK. And I know was poised to meet that anytime he showed up in this world. And we even saw it, the brief glimpses, he was already heating up on the political side. He was the first one to be, you know, he was kind of eyeing people up when they were first in the little arena. He does really great in the qualifier, gets third place, has some people catching some people's eyes. He goes in the house. He's immediately making the little, like, we should be doing a UK, Australia kind of crossover thing here. And he, I know, without a doubt, would have shut that shit down in the deliberation room. If that deliberation room had Nathan in it, the moment the Argentina people said like, wait, so is this like a, you, you're trying to get us out. And like Kaz wasn't willing to be like, yeah, we're trying like UK and Australia is trying to take you out. And Sarah kind of like moseys around saying that Nathan would have been like, no, 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 no. UK and Australia are trying to get Argentina out. USA, folks, you can pick a side. You want to be with them or you want to be with us? This is how it's going to be. We're not putting my girl Zara in this position. We're not putting Grant in that position. We're putting in Argentina people across the board. He would have been owning that room that no one else seemed to want to step up and own. It's a massive loss for the show. We lose an MVP, a possible MVP. It just sucks so much. It absolutely sucks. Um, and we don't get told why I assume, you know, like we see him, he's like, fine. We don't see an injury or anything. So when they say medical medically pulled, I, I don't know, are they COVID testing still? And he got pulled for a positive COVID test. If that was it, then like, does the rest of the house have to like, do they just all keep passing tests? And it was only him. And it was like, just the worst fucking luck in the world. Or I don't know what the rules are anymore for filming around that. Or did he have you know i don't know i feel like it has to be that like it has to be that because if there's anything else if like suddenly he came down with some other illness or whatever um we would probably have been shown it or they would have been willing to say it if it was an injury of some sort maybe they were fucking around and he slipped by the pool and like you know twisted his ankle or broke fell and broke a hand or something like we they probably would have shown it if they had footage or at least said something about it and the fact that they're like we can't say a word other than he was medically removed that sounds a lot like the COVID removals of seasons past. However, um, I will say last season, Casey and Kenny got removed for a positive COVID test and then were allowed to be re-enter the game upon negative test a few days later. So I'm not holding out hope. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think they should. Nathan, I hope everything was fine. I hope you were fine, and I wish you had been here, and I think he should be back on whatever season is filmed next. Whatever season is filmed next. If it's flagship, I know they already filmed All-Stars 4, so it won't be that, but fuck it. He could have put him on All-Stars uh, if All-Stars 5 is the next thing you film. Challenge USA, Australia, UK. Send him to whatever country you got to. Say he's from wherever you got to. Put him on any and every season possible. Now we don't have him, and we also still never got Connor from challenge australia which as far as representation on the show on the male side is considered that's uh that's not great um for them i'll leave it at that and otherwise though we've got the mvp of uk and australia one didn't get invited and the other one is out medically 30 minutes into the episode not a good spot to be that was a lot of time 
five, six minutes spent on someone who is only there for five or six minutes, essentially, of screen time, but it's deserved. Nathan's the fucking best. Let's get to the actual the show then, the rest of everything that unfolds, starting with just the opening of the show and the qualifier game match, whatever you want, daily challenge, I guess. Yeah, we, we're going to count this as a daily challenge in the books. The Legends just didn't take part. They won't have any stats from it. That's how it'll go down. It was pretty sweet. The opening part, let's go start there. It was pretty cool. Um, the helicopter flying, I, I actually did think it was like legitimately kind of cool. And it's certainly if you were one of the Legends in those helicopters, it would feel really cool. I liked all of that. I liked that all four hosts were there. Everything about it had a nice feel to it. This feels like the one where, yeah, like starting in the stadium, making it very sport-heavy background aura, the whole thing. I'm okay with it for this season, so I liked all of that. Claudia got the first confessional. Zara got the second confessional. They were both marked in my book immediately as they're, they're one of those two is going home. Um, both of those are going to be prominent. I don't know if that was just luck that it actually worked out. I don't know historically if that's a real thing, like first couple confessionals means anything other than just that's who worked and who we could fit in. But uh, the moment they showed Claudia first, I was like, Ugh, that doesn't, I don't, I, I was already worried about Challenge Argentina coming in. Now I'm real worried. So that was a note I had. As for the qualifier daily challenge itself, starting out with the eating is savage. Some of these people didn't have to eat on their seasons. The UK folks didn't have to eat. I forget now if the challenge Australia folks, I think they had to eat in the finals. I'm blanking. There's been so much challenge so quickly. It all kind of mirrors together. But regardless, having them start off with the eating challenge is absolutely savage. And, uh, you know, kicking the whole season off with a throw up montage. Only the challenge, only the challenge <laughs> in their biggest, grandest schemed season would be like, you know, what we got to start with helicopters and throw up, baby. That's where we're going. That is the challenge. So, you know, uh, you can't really argue that helicopters and throwing up. That kind of is the challenge at this point, whether we want that to be true or not all the time. Uh, heavy metal music is dropped. Um is Wes in charge of the music for the season? Because that was definitely, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This feels like uh, a little different than the other seasons leading up to this have been, musically speaking. And it feels like maybe Wes got in a music producer's ear or something. Very much felt like a Wes choice. God bless Ben for giving it, you know, they do the eating and then they do the, the hitting the tire thing is brutal that looks horrible and it looks super hot out I, that didn't look fun at all neither did really uh you know going across the little cement wheel but god bless ben for giving it one try of walking on top of the cement wheel before going to the on the knees uh strategy or what some of the people later down the line figured out of the you could stand in it technically without your heels touching the ground and kind of walk it down um Bless Ben for being like, you know what? There's a faster way to do this. It's probably not going to work, but I don't know. You're supposed to get across on a wheel. It seems like you're supposed to walk on top of it and gives it a shot. Thankfully, he doesn't get hurt the one time he falls down from it, but uh, those falls would have ended badly. If this was actually like you have to walk on it, that would have ended really badly, and I kind of wonder if production maybe was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, Ben, 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 Ben. Uh, no, uh, I guess we should... Clarify, we want you to do this on your knees. We don't want anyone to die. These are cement cinder blocks. Every time you fall, you might bang your knee, your shin, your ankles, your head, whatever. Like, no, no, no. Get down. Get down, buddy. So 
I, I'd be interested to know because no one else tries it, and I would think maybe one person would at least give it a, a shot if they were, you know, kind of in last place or whatever. So good on Ben for giving it a shot. The weighted object puzzle seemed really, really tricky. I really liked that. I wonder if that might make an appearance again. That seemed really freaking hard to be like, you know, just figure these out, these weights out in your head. The puzzle they were putting together was just a random mixture of symbols, letters, and numbers. So, like, there was no pattern to be found, no nothing. It was just like, can you figure out what order these objects are weight-wise? And maybe they were super different, but there was, like, 20 pieces. There's not, like, there wasn't that much room to make them that different. I feel like that would be really, really hard. I was pretty impressed with the folks that did that quickly. And then we get to the end and the results. Troy, my guy Troy, fucking my favorite co-favorite with Danny. They're both the best people in the world. Troy falls apart on the weighted flagpole. He's got the lead, and then he ends up coming in seventh. That is brutal for draft stock going into the draft. He's in first. You know, you don't have to win. I get you, but you don't have to also be the best at that checkpoint. But going from first to seventh out of eight is a tough moment for him. We'll see how that affects his draft capital and the rest of his game. But that could have been, I mean, you know. If he pulls off that first or second and gets one of the top picks, man, Troy's got this in the bag. But instead, seventh place, we'll see who his partner ends up being. Luckily, everyone on this season is, you know, to some degree, a legit threat. Tristan can't get the puzzle done at all, ends up getting last. Uh, really like Tristan coming into this off of his win. Thought he was very well-rounded. Did not think if anyone was going to get tripped up on this puzzle as hard as, again, I think it is. Um I didn't. I wouldn't have picked him to be the one to do that, but uh, here we are. Emily and Sarah, similar to Troy, kind of fall apart. We get our first. The producers definitely are trying to make this happen, so I'm not going to put this on Sarah. I'm putting this squarely on the producers, knowing the type of character they're building with Sarah or building upon with Sarah of getting her to say in confessional, you know, Emily and I are in first and second. We've got this. We're already, you know, I would be flabbergasted i don't forget what she said but she says something about like i would be stunned if if anyone passed us at this in this moment they've coaxed her to say that so they then they can follow it up with and then people pass emily and sarah and they kind of fall apart on the weighted flagpole as well zara kaz fly by get the win second place big showing for challenge uk on the female side and big showing for grant on the men's side Definitely shows something here with the win. We're going to talk more about Grant later. I have a confession to make. I was wrong about Grant being on this season. More on that later, though. Let's head to the next story. Let's just chat now, kind of grab bag of things that happen at the house, general vibes, first impressions, who's liking who, before we dive into the format and the alliance and ultimately the elimination that takes place. Bananas starts it all off. He gives a decent toast. I say decent for this reason. If this would have been impromptu in the moment, I'd be like, that was a very nice toast. I really enjoyed it. Good job, bananas. But we all know that he was planning this for a long time. Uh, they do the world championships. It's like, you know, this is a staple of the show. Bananas gives a toast. He's not relenting to anyone else in this spot. And so the fact that he had all that time to prepare and write it makes me, you know, grade it a little more harshly than I would otherwise. But it's still solid toast, a nice moment, a, a moment that needed to happen. We needed him to give the toast. It's, it's only fair. Where did his voice go, though? How did he lose his voice, you know, day one before they're even in the house, really, like, 
I, I was one, I had no idea how that happened. Maybe he was doing a lot of cheering at the qualifier. Maybe he just got really nervous about, you know, this is the biggest toast of his career. Um, I don't know, but uh, bummed out that he lost his voice. Bummed for him that he lost his voice before his big, big moment there. Casey tries to show some personality. Casey Watch is on. If you listen to my preview of the season, I said I actually then had a little Twitter exchange yesterday with some others. I know the folks over at Challenge Fandom Podcast are also on my page of at least like thinking maybe it could happen. Maybe Casey Sands. Fessy, Josh, and Nani, sans all of Vacation Alliance, sans everyone that she would normally cling to. Maybe this is our last chance. Maybe there is a personality in there to go along with the kick-ass competitor. And if there is, I would think we would get to see it this season. We get our first shot at it. Uh, we get, you know, early. She has a couple conversations. First with Troy. That conversation is hilariously awkward, Okay. Uh, Troy's brilliant. Troy's great. I love him deeply. Um, but he definitely is not the leader of the social side of things. He's kind of more a reactionary social player. I think he's my, the, I see a lot of myself in Troy in that I, you know, in a social setting, I like to, I don't like to be the leader of the conversations, but I do like to take part in them. I do want the interaction, the extrovert part of me comes out. I want to be a part of those, but I'm, I'm not going to lead things necessarily. And I can get awkward quickly if I am presented with a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone who is awkward or maybe similarly isn't wanting to lead the conversation. And I feel like this is a conversation between two people, Troy and Casey, neither one of them knowing how to kind of lead it or have it both hoping the other will. And it just is kind of a little awkward between them. It's just like, uh, so you won, right? Yeah. Uh, who else, who else Kiki won on your season two, right? Okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah, good getting to know you and keep it moving, which she does. She then has a little conversation with Ben goes much smoother with Ben. So, Maybe it's something. I don't know. We're just going to keep an eye there. Theo and Kaz, that's definitely going to be a thing for sure. We get multiple mentions of it from them. They previously dated. We get Bananas commenting on it saying that, you know, he wants mom and dad to get back together because he, like, loves Theo. When did that happen? Is this something that happened off of the show? Because, you know, Bananas on War of the Worlds 1 and 2 was barely there um, for either of those seasons. Quick early eliminations and so i don't know when he and theo became like best buds or anything um so yeah that one those were interesting comments to me it seems like bananas may just be on a, like i'm gonna butter everyone up and i'm gonna be the nice guy that's just his thing uh the last few seasons to try to late in the game late in the career change the narrative about him maybe i don't, I don't know um but i like theo and kaz both so, you know, I, it'd be fun to see them get together, too. Although, then, a prediction of mine would be wrong. More on that later. Everyone's cool working with everyone. We get a lot of just constant comments about how great everyone is, how I'd be happy working with this person. I'd be happy working with that person. I'd be happy working with this person. I'd be happy working with that person. So, obviously, they're not all being super truthful in the confessionals, and it feels a lot like, and is kind of backed up throughout the episode, I was like, it feels like every time I hear one of those comments that those people are going to end up being partners. And then looking back now that again, I don't know for certain the partners, but the trailer is pretty revealing. I think we know all of them. We will cover them at the very end of this pod. And a lot of those did line up that when it would be like this person saying like, Oh yeah, this person's cool. I'd be down to work with that person for sure. And then it's like, Oh yeah, that's because you are going to work with that person. And you probably know that by the time you filmed these first confessionals, Kellyanne, 
big, big impression from Kellyanne. She's taking a leadership role early. She's coming in hot, and I am here for it. She's leading the little group. There's a big group exchange, uh, info exchange between Kaz and Zara, and then Kellyanne, John A., Naya, and maybe there might be a sixth person there. I forget about, you know, what are the UK boys all about? What are the legend boys all about? She's, Kellyanne's making strong comments all the way through. She's kind of leading it. She's kind of interrogating. She's acting like I'm giving you wisdom too, but like I'm doing it from a standpoint of like, I'm the mentor, you're the mentee. No one's agreed to that, but that's how it's going to be. She's just bringing heat, and I feel like that's going to be all season long. I am ready for it, here for it. Love, love, love it. And then Challenge USA. They want to stick together, and I was kind of shocked by this. I don't know that this is going to last, but maybe I'm just wrong, and I had a wrong read on it, but I thought Danny and Justine would be like, nah, Ben and Sarah ain't it. Uh, We didn't really work with them on, I guess – did Justine and Sarah kind of work together? I guess I forget. Challenge USA was a long time ago, y'all, and a lot of seasons ago at this point. And I forget who in the end was working with who, but I just thought Sarah and Ben would maybe be kind of out on their own. That I thought Danny for sure was going to be one of the first ones to be like, I got to find other people to work with because this is not this is not how it's going to be. But no, those four seem pretty set on like the four of us should stick together. We should rope a couple other people in and they, you know, Sarah is the leader of that and of kind of all alliance making that happens in this episode. More on that in a moment. Um, but together, the four of them seem pretty secure and like we should be together. Whoever we end up with, that's a big group. We rope in a couple others. We've got we've got this. We could be the most unified. And so I was a little shocked by that, but um, I'm, it's very intriguing, very interesting. So those were just a couple general vibes, general first impressions. Let's actually go to the format in the alliances that take place. We thankfully learn what we believe or what I think will be the format for the entire season. It's basically spelled out for us here, and I think it will be conducted the exact same once They're in pairs as it was even in this first episode, which kind of in a way formed the way for it to be pairs anyways. So that format is as follows. Daily challenge. Winners, you are safe and have a little bit of a power. Losers, straight to elimination. Rest of the house in between. Votes on two nominees to put up for elimination, which then are sent to the winners to be picked one of those two to go in. And I love this. Way to go, production. You did it. You found a good format. It's still pretty simple. It's still pretty straightforward. Now, the only thing is, like, don't start switching pairs. Don't start doing a bunch of twists. Actually, let this format play out for a while here. But I love it. Simple. And it's making the combo, like, having the combo of everyone votes for the two nominees that the winners then have to pick from. That's beautiful. That's so well-constructed. It adds real strategy. It adds real intrigue. It makes it so that everyone has blood on their hands. Everyone has a vote to make in the process. That is great. It also incentivizes winning, and it incentivizes not getting last, which is the goal, which is wild that we have to say it's the goal, but it has been missing from a couple of the recent seasons, most notably Ride or Dies most recently. But... This is perfect. This is wonderful. I love, you know, we already see how this strategy could play out then in this first episode of them being like, hey, we've got an Aussie and a UK up there. We're going to send them an Aussie and a UK to have to pick from. And like the 
the back and forth between the winners versus the rest of the house, just everything about it is great. It's really, really great. It's perfect. Please just leave it alone now. You found you found a good formula. I think this is going to be amazing. Let that formula play out. Other quick comment, the nomination room, how it's stadium seating, but they're all having a conversation together. So just the constant turning, shuffling around, looking up, looking down at each other. I thought that was hilarious the way that conversation goes. It's like when Sarah speaks, well, she's in the very back of the room. Everyone turn around and look up. And then Tristan would chime in from the bottom. It's like everyone turn around and look down. And then someone in the middle and suddenly they're talking and they're actually surrounded 360 degrees by people looking at them. It was just I I think that room, the setup of that room is hilarious and is going to be really fun. We do technically learn how a tie vote works, but the thing is this whole plan to figure out what happens in the result of a tie vote is thwarted by TJ and good on TJ and the production for not giving away the actual answer because it won't in the, in this one, they say, well, you know what? It's a female elimination. So we'll let the female winner be the tie breaking vote and Zara's vote counts more. And that's how we get there. But that's not how it will work anywhere in the future if there's another tie because it won't be a male fee or female day. At least I don't think. There's only 12 episodes. They can't only – there's no – I don't know. It would be pretty convoluted if somehow male-female pairs went into elimination but only one, the male or the female, was up for elimination. So that can't be. So this tiebreaker is null and void. We don't know what the tiebreaker will be if it comes to a point where the winner winning pair – disagrees in a split vote i think they will then at that point revert to they won't have this male or female thing to back up on so that i think reverts to well then you're in here yourselves which is going to be great and i have a feeling that again the setup the great setup of this season of having the legends with these global folks and having enough from each show to have real alliances i don't think this is going to be the only time we have a split vote amongst a pair i think that's going to happen a lot and i am going to love 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 that i think it's gonna be great for the show uk and australia they try to link up it's then thwarted by sarah and emily both australia and uk want this but Nathan going home fucks it up again. Like I said earlier, if he was there in that deliberation room, I think they win it out and it's Argentina. People voted in on both accounts, um, but uh, that that isn't going to happen. And without him and Sarah and secretly Emily's plan plays out. Sarah convinces all the USA folks like, let's get a couple of the Argentina, not a couple, all of them on our side. I can get Emily or Troy if needed, but really in reality, if we get all of them, we you know can win the votes over because they have two of the winners in you know the room there to lose votes. And so we can do this without Emily actually having to vote for Kiki, but you know, giving us one vote towards the UK to give her in. And so it works. Uh Sarah's kind of the mastermind behind it. Emily's there secretly working with her. And Emily double-crossing Kiki in that rivalry being a story already is fantastic. They're leaning heavy on the fact that, you know, it wasn't that those two in particular didn't get along in the Challenge Australia house. It was that everyone hated Ryan and thus Emily and thus Grant and Johnny and uh, Sugar for being in the alliance with Ryan and Emily. And Kiki was on the other side of that, one of the most vocal on the other side, and is the one here from that side. Troy was kind of eventually on their side, but was a little more of a silent bystander. So it's Emily versus Kiki. They play it up quick and early. We get the hilarious Kiki being like, you know, well, I beat, beat Emily's ass again uh, in the first qualifier. Emily says, 
you know, she wants to play nice. She wants to work all Australia. She didn't think that uh, Kiki would actually end up in the elimination and that, you know, went awry, but just that rivalry and the setup of it is fantastic. And here is also where I have to say that I was wrong about Grant. Now, there's a couple things with this. The first one, the reason I was wrong is I wasn't thinking through enough that Grant was needed to give Emily a guaranteed friend. If this is Connor in Grant's spot or Kieran in Grant's spot or Conrad in Grant's spot, then Emily is a complete and utter outcast on her own team. She's flying solo. We may lose her very quickly. She probably would have been easy nominee starting from, you know, she would have been really scrapping to get by early on without any support from her own, you know, show. And we might not have gotten anything from her. And she has such potential in this show that you've got to maximize that. And I think they saw like, there's so much potential with this person to be a multi-season, like crazy, incredible character and performer on this show. And we want to maximize that. we can't cast Ryan. Can't do it again. Too much went down behind the scenes, not totally shown on show, not shown really at all. Mostly on challenge Australia. I don't think they were going to allow themselves to cast Ryan again. So, Next choice up to give Emily a friend from her alliance from Challenge Australia is Grant. And I get that now. I was wrong. And also, you know, Grant wins the qualifier here. And again, I thought Grant was just the wrong the wrong situation in the Challenge Australia house to get, you know, what maybe the best version of Grant. And so maybe we're about to get that here. But he was needed so that we could maximize Emily's potential in this house. And I get that. And I understand that. And I'm cool with it. Connor still deserves to be here. I still would have taken Connor over anyone else on challenge Australia, because again, he was the MVP of that show. And, uh, you know, I think if they just take Connor and Brooke J instead of Grant and Emily, we've got a tight knit for Australia bunch coming in. They could save Emily for future seasons of something of the Australia, bring her in later, whatnot. I think she's a competitive person looking for a new competitive outlet. I think she would have been down to do the challenge for a while. So I don't, I don't know how there's no perfect answer to what way they could have went. Maybe, Maybe Emily without Grant or any friend there still can link up with Sarah, can join the other team. Maybe it's even better. I don't know. But I, I see the value in bringing Grant to get the most value out of Emily now. I still think Connor should have been there, and I'm still bummed that he is not. Final thing on the alliances and whatnot. Things will shake up again very quickly. Second episode's where this is all going to get shaken out. Once the pairs are made, then uh, a couple things I think will remain, but everything else is going to, it's going to be a complete resorting. This was like a one episode Alliance building. Cause it really was just the four shows of four people versus each other with the legends, not being a part of it yet. But the thing that I think will stay the same, Argentina is going to have an uphill battle. I think they, and whoever they're partnered with is on the bottom of the totem pole for sure to start and could, could be out quick. I think that's going to be agreed upon by everyone. I think that's going to be the only thing agreed upon by everyone while so that everyone could be like, okay, we'll take out challenge Argentina folks and their partners. Sorry to whoever ends up partnered with them. And while doing that for a couple cycles, we'll kind of suss out where everyone else stands with each other. I think that's how it's going to go. 
how the legends eventually split themselves up is going to determine everything. I don't think it's going to have as much of an impact where each person from their show wants to go as much as which legends decide to work with each other or abandon that from the start because they obviously they're there's one on every team. They can't be like uh, legends, for, you know, like vets, MTV vets versus the rest of the world. It just can't happen. That's another brilliant part of the format. Can't have that happen. I see Wes, Bananas, John A., Kellyanne, and Jordan as the five that are like the front runners for trying to build an alliance out of other shows. People trying to do so quickly, knowing, seeing the chessboard and be like, okay, all of us can't work together. Who's the one or two other vets that I know, that I trust, that I want to work with? Who can we then get on our side? Who's are their partners to get on their side, et cetera, et cetera. So episode two, we'll dive into what really happens with alliances because this first episode was kind of just a little trial run of sorts. Finally, we cut to the arena and we eventually get to the team picks. But arena first. It's pull wrestle. They start with a banger. Uh, you know, I guess they didn't want to keep starting with not so fast. I still think not so fast should just be the first elimination, but then it also maybe plays into who's getting voted in and whatnot. I don't know. But it's pretty cool to start with pull wrestle as well. I wonder if it'll be the only time. I could see a world where they go start and finish with pole wrestle so maybe we'll see it again who knows kiki dominates kiki ends up you know we get the you know zara and grant don't want to split their vote zara gets to be the tiebreaker she's ready to go in herself over kaz which is just amazing after a five episode season your loyalty that strong pretty pretty awesome stuff and definitely sets her up to be a favorite of soon to be partner x uh we won't say quite yet and the rest of the cast as well to look at her as a threat and just how loyal she can be. Big time move from her. Kiki goes in. Kiki dominates. She continues cementing her status as a true icon. Just fucking dominates. Like, oh, just amazing, amazing stuff on her own in an elimination for the first time. Uh, straight up physical bat, like as physical as they come. Pole wrestle, which she hadn't quite done that yet either. And so just continues ticking off the boxes of I can do anything you put in front of me. I am Kiki. I am the icon. I am just amazing at everything and just being a human being because she's the freaking best. She like legit kind of fucks Claudia's world up a bit. Like the 3-0 victory, not very. The first round, it starts immediately with Claudia kind of throwing Kiki down. And I was like, Ooh, okay, tough start for my girl. Tough start for my girl. And then every every moment from then on is just Kiki kind of dominating and like finding the right position to be in to be able to then rip the thing out. And just dominates West comments on, you know, the big moment is the the splits that she pulls to kind of use her leg to push the pull the last little bit out of all hands. That was really, really awesome. The bigger pull that they use, interesting variable, and I think very smart from production standpoint. One, it adds more skill and kind of maneuvering wrestling, like body gymnastics to it versus just the kind of brute strength pain tolerance of a traditional small stick pole wrestle would be. And it also adds a lot of safety. The big, thick stick that they're holding on to, uh, one, the things aren't going to last as long. It's harder to hold on to. You can't like fully grip all the way around it. So it's a little easier to rip away, meaning shorter, uh, which means more safety. It also like can't get stuck. You know, it's a lot less between two people's chests where when you fall and you get stabbed in the chest, like bananas versus Leroy on X's or anything like that. It's just, it, it, I think it adds a lot of safety to the proceedings, which is something I think they might like and appreciate both the players themselves and certainly production wanting to kind of 
take out some of the injuries that have been racking up recently and just adding a little more skill to the super physical pain tolerance type of challenge. So pole wrestle is awesome. Shout out to Kiki. Shout out to Claudia. Uh, I only knew you for one episode. I look forward to now that Challenge Australia or Argentina has concluded. Whenever they put it on Paramount Plus, I look forward to watching. If you've been watching, it seems like some people have. I don't know where that's been available, but it seems like some people out there have been watching from the States. So let me know if there's a place I can watch it before it is dropped on Paramount Plus in a couple of weeks. As for the teams, I won't say them quite yet, but again, based on the trailer, we can pretty much put all the teams together. When we get to predictions here in one moment, I will say them. and I'll give a warning beforehand, but we've got a draft. And we find out the draft is happening right there in the arena. And that's fucking great. Drafts are the best. I wanted a draft so badly. I am glad they got that we got one and that they didn't drop the bag on this instance. And we find out that the picks will go in order of how they finish the qualifier, that the challengers get to pick the legends, so to speak. And Grant and Zara will have the first pick. If I'm them... If I'm sitting there, obviously I have a lot more info to go off of than they do. I have watched all these seasons. I know these people very, you know, intuitively. Grand Zara maybe haven't watched that much or many. They barely, you know, know these people. So we'll see who they pick. But if I'm them and I'm looking at this roster of legends, if I'm Grant, my first pick's Casey. It's not close. It, it just is. Uh, she's just the best competitively, and I'll figure out the alliances later. If I'm Zara, my first pick is Wes. And... I probably don't think it's close, weirdly, um, versus Jordan, or I'm not picking bananas. Uh, yeah, it's really Wes or Jordan, and I would go Wes. Um, we will see if either of those takes place. As far as last pick, because someone is about to get picked last here, if I'm those guys, I'm probably taking Jody as the last woman and then Nelson as the last guy. Uh, but it's kind of tough. It a little bit depends on who the more for the for the last who gets ends up last is a little more about who the people are picking at the end and like who's a good matchup. Like you might want now if you're like I can do the puzzles, Nelson. I need the strength. I need the workhorse. I would you know Nelson goes higher in my mind than otherwise. So that's where I think the picks should land. But ultimately, thank goodness for the draft. I love it. I would make one change though. One change. I thought they were going to do this, and maybe they were until there wasn't a male elimination. I think Kiki should get to pick first. I think they should do the little twist of it's in order of how you finished in the qualifier, but the winners of the elimination get to vault to the front of the line. I think Kiki should get to go first, and then they would be like, you know, Tristan, unfortunately, you didn't actually compete, so you don't get to. If there would have been a winner, you would have got to. I think I would have done that. And then the other thing I would have changed is do the draft in the first episode because, again, the trailer spoils the picks, and so it kind of makes this super fun thing a little less fun because I know who's all going to get picked. So make those little changes, but otherwise, thank you for the draft. I look forward to it. I love it. It's the best. Now let's talk some awards. For our awards, we, of course, will be doing best quote, best moment, episode MVP. Uh, no needle drop award for the time being because uh, we didn't. We, I mean, there was obviously music across this episode. We weren't getting the names of the artists shown. I uh, don't know what that was about. Maybe I just missed them. I don't know. But we might add that in later if need be. As for best quote, four nominees. And the first one is my guy, Nathan. Before he even left, he already got a quote of the week nominee off. Quote. People naturally underestimate me. Think I'm just a fun time boy who's here for the shits and gigs. 
when realistically I'm here to get rich, take home some money, and a championship. End quote. Shits and gigs just had me, uh, had me gigs giggling all over. Loved that. Second nominee, Zara. Quote, it was vegan. But what is vegan? Shit? Because it tastes like manure. End quote. <laughs> As we know from Ride or Dies, the finale, it came out that, you know, Tori had her in her contract that she uh, doesn't have, you know, had contractually obligated, made them agree to not make her eat anything that wasn't vegan. And thus, that's why Devin got to do all of the drinking for her in the finale. And then everyone wondered, like, is that a thing she orchestrated? We had seen the vegan or not vegan thing come up on all stars three with Nehemiah being like, I guess I got to do this, whatever. Um, so that's been in the ether. And so I think they're just going to probably go with like, everything's got to be vegan that we're making them eat. and still just really, really gross. So I just, this comment worked on so many levels from me. Third nominee Kiki quote, once again, I've kicked Emily's ass and quote, Short and sweet, very easy. Just had to get that in there because it, again, is just setting up this great rivalry. Love, love, love it. Fourth and final one, Grant, quote, she's a survivor girl, fucking manipulating as fuck, end quote, about Sarah. And yeah, just great. The double fuck around the word manipulating exactly how, you know, to, to describe a survivor player and a good one at that, that Sarah is. So those four nominees, as much as Zara deserves this award for her commentary, I'm giving it to Nathan because he's not here the rest of the season, and I need him to at least win one single episode award. So Nathan gets the best quote. As for best moment, five nominees quickly here. Kellyanne's confessional, where she goes, you know, the dish best served hot or cold. Could you maybe Google that for me? Asking the producer to Google something for you so that you can get your quote right in the confessional. That's just next level stuff from her. They then kind of do her dirty by doing the like, now it's her voiceover while she fixes her makeup sitting in the confessional chair. Just they're, they're doing a lot with the confessionals already in the first episode. I enjoyed that moment. Second one, everything between Emily and Sarah and everything Emily versus Kiki and just setting that all up. Emily and Sarah are the villains we need. This little villain alliance that this show needs and I hope turns into a full-blown, like whoever they're working with versus everyone else in the house, everyone hates them, can't get rid of them. This, th There's a lot of potential here between those two linking up and I really enjoyed seeing that. Third one, the you know the group conversation we mentioned earlier, Amber, John A., Kellyanne, Kaz, and Zara, the scouting chat, loved that, really enjoyed that little conversation. Fourth one, Zara sticking to her vote, Defending her friend, willing to go in herself if need be. That was amazing. And then fifth and finally, Kiki winning. But of those five, I will give the standout moment. I'll give it to Kellyanne and her confessional because that's one is a true moment of the other ones. I was kind of talking more elongated moments, if you will, or uh, co compilations of moments, if you will. So we'll give it to Kellyanne. But as for the episode MVP, five women top. This, this uh, first episode. Very female-driven, women-heavy. You love to see it. It does kind of back up what we talked about on Challenge UK when we wondered in that season. We were like, you know, it's kind of all about the guys all season long. The confessional count was like two to one, male to female. And we said, you know, I don't think anything nefarious is going on. I think there are just lots of instances on this show where who's driving the storylines, who's giving you material to work with, that's who ends up being featured. And I think this shows, you know, how that works when it's flipped. 
the women were giving us plenty to work with. There was more strategizing, scheming, leadership being taken from their side. There was a little more, you know, tension brewing, all kinds of stuff. And it leads to an episode where they're dominating the screen time, the storylines, and thus dominating the MVP ballots. Fifth place, we'll give it to Justine. Fourth place to Claudia. Third to Emily. Second to Kiki. But I've got to give the episode MVP to Sarah. One episode in, she is she planted the seeds of delivering an incredible villain-esque season here. Um, and I'm really hoping for that. And I think it could be great for the show. Everyone can get on board with it. Uh, lots of good entertainment can be had. But she, you know, does the political maneuvering. Um, she performs well right up until the very end where she kind of blows it alongside new bestie Emily in the opening qualifier. She's very prevalent the whole way through. So as much as, you know, Kiki gets the win at the end of the episode, also very involved. Sarah takes the episode MVP for me with Kiki, Emily, Claudia, and Justine rounding out the ballot. And now, finally, we've come to the predictions segment. Now, we are going to update some of our preseason predictions, but quickly, I will go through the ones that don't need updating. Went 50-50 on the first out. I said it would be two people from Argentina. If there was a male elimination, I very well may have got that right. So I kind of got this right. I went one for one, and then the other one was a medical DQ. But So 50-50. I was wrong about the rotating pairs, at least we think, and I hope that I was wrong about that. No algorithm in sight, at least yet. So hopefully I was actually wrong about that. I said there'd be romance between Jordan and Kaz, and I already think that actually looks like a no. Uh, I think there might be a partnership between Jordan and Kaz, but we've gotten a little hint at Jordan and Tori still something going on there. We've gotten strong hints, obviously, at Kaz and Theo as a storyline. Maybe that means that those are both storylines because uh, the people are going with some other people and maybe I still got a shot but I think this one's going to be wrong the alliances that I predicted we will see how that shakes out later and though then as for the finalists and the winners we're throwing that out of the window because now we know the teams and so now I need to make new predictions because I want to actually predict teams that could win and not you know all the individuals I picked on didn't match up perfectly into teams so now is that point of the podcast we're at the very end all that's left right here is I'm going to make my new predictions for the finalists and for the winners, and by in, in doing so, I'm going to announce what I believe all of the teams are. So if you didn't watch the trailer at the end or didn't think as you were watching it to put together what the teams are and don't want to spoil the opening of episode two and the draft, then feel free to exit here and now because from here on out, we're talking about what the teams are, which are, if my, you know, my investigation of the trailer is correct, we will have on the men's side, here's how the draft is going to go. Grant picks John A, Ben picks Casey, Danny picks Tori, and then the next two are the two that we don't have full confirmation on, but Benja and I think is going to be with Naya and Rodrigo, I think with Jody, but those two could be swapped. Then we get back to ones we know for sure. Troy is with Amber. Tristan is with Kellyanne. On the women's side, Zara is going to pick Wes, Kaz, Jordan, Justine, Bananas. And then Sarah will pick Theo, and Emily will pick Yes, the two I don't fully know on, but I think it will be Sarah, who I think will pick Theo, and then Nelson will be left with Jujui. So that's the teams, as I think they will be the two you know, that I'm not 100% on, but five of the seven teams on either side, I feel pretty certain. And with those, then I will make my finals picks, which 
the couple I'm not certain on, I guess I just don't see making the finals because, uh, yeah, that's how I see it anyways. Here's who I think will make the finals. Five teams of the 14 that we have now to start with. Zara and Wes, I believe, will make the finals. I believe Kaz and Jordan will make the finals. I believe Sarah and Theo will make the final. I believe Ben and Casey will make the final. And I believe slash hope that Troy and Amber will make the final. I'm I'm rooting for Troy and Amber. Number one, number one team I'm rooting for 100% all the way with respect to Danny, who I'm still totally pulling for, totally rooting for. Danny and Tori, I'm very excited for that. Uh, slight edge to Troy and Amber as far as who Jacob is rooting for. 1B, Danny and Tori by default because Danny. And then after that, uh, I don't know. That's all. That, those are the only two I'm outwardly rooting for. But subjectively or objectively speaking, here's who I think will win. Of If those five teams make the final, I think third place goes to Kaz and Jordan. I think second place goes to Sarah and Theo. I think first place goes to Zara and Wes. I think Zara and West is a very difficult team to beat at any stage of the game. I think the only, honestly, the only thing I see them like losing is a hall brawl. Like if they got so unlucky that the elimination they go into, or one of the eliminations they possibly go into, if they, I would hope they become a big time target of everyone when they end up on the team, you know, I would think pure size, just physical hall brawl is like the only thing I would see them losing. I think they could win any of the other headbangers. I think they could definitely win any endurance thing, agility thing, poise, calm, puzzle things, mental things in an elimination. And I think they can definitely win a bunch of dailies and have power. And if they make the final, just Wes's experience in the fact that he's, I've said in the recent episodes that he's my number one pick today. If you just lined up all of the men across the challenge world right now in a final and ran individually, I would pick West to win it matched with someone who we just saw come in second by one minute in her final. We know she can run. We know she has the strength. We know that she you know, can complete a final, no problem and is solid in her own right at every element of the game, getting to be with the person I think is the best to run a final and a great partner at this stage of his career in West at this stage of his career. Not always has been the case, certainly, but I like Zara and West to win. I think Sarah and Theo, Kaz and Jordan are the two other teams that could really give them a run for their money. I'd pick Kaz and Jordan if I wasn't worried about a, a puzzle taking three times as long as Wes and Zara. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think. And that's what I'm going with. Those are the new picks. Those are the new predictions. We will keep you updated on them. Thanks for everyone for sticking it out on an elongated first episode. It's the premiere episode. There's so much to cover. It's so much fun. We're having a great time. Thank you for being here now. Let's go all collectively click play on episode two. We get to go right back to it. Maybe they should drop two episodes a week the whole way through. That'd be kind of fun. I know they're not going to do it. They want to keep the attention for longer, and I appreciate that. I'm not a binge model kind of guy, but I do like having to open with two episodes. So let's go dive into episode two. We'll be back tomorrow to recap it here on the podcast and then back every Wednesday midday to cover world championships the rest of the way through. As always, hit follow, hit subscribe, rate and review. If you don't mind those help in a big way, hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram if you want to talk challenge, if you've got any theories, if you've got any burning questions, if you've got any feedback for this podcast, anything anything challenge related or otherwise, honestly, 
feel free, hit me up. DMs are always open. I might not be active on social media as far as posting, but I am active as far as responding to the DMs on Instagram, not nowhere else. It's the only place you can really get a hold of me. So do that. Watch episode two. Come back for the recap tomorrow. Thanks for being here. World Championships off to a solid start. Let's see what episode two has in store. Until we talk again, peace. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people i'm nina turner and i am unbought and unbossed listen to unbossed on apple Podcasts. acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com